I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 11. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So when God spoke through his prophets, as recorded in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, um, he would sometimes address all of the people of Israel, but sometimes he would single out the leaders of Israel. And by leaders, it um, included both the, what we would now call political leaders, like the kings and the governors and those kind of appointed for the practical administration of the people, and also the spiritual leaders, the priests, the sons of Aaron and the Levites who are ministering in the you know, tabernacle and then the temple. Um, the prophets would be called out. Uh, sorry, the, the leaders, political and spiritual, would be addressed uh, directly. And the metaphor that, that God used, speaking through the prophets time and time again through all the prophets, was this metaphor of shepherds, that just as a shepherd would take care of a flock of sheep, that's what the leaders of Israel were supposed to be doing for the people of God. And what we uh, see through, as we read the history of the histories in the Old Testament, um, and as we just heard rebuked through the prophet Ezekiel, is that the shepherds often failed miserably. Um, really in every arena, that the, those who were sort of appointed to be the, the civic leaders would make these uh, terrible bargains with these idolatrous nations, and then they'd, instead of providing materially for the people, they would extract the resources from the people and to pay off this you know, overlord, and then they would just line their own pockets and kind of live on the fat of the land, and they would really betray their calling to provide as leaders. And it was the same thing um, in the temple and with the spiritual leaders, the priests, who um, think, for instance, of the corrupt sons of Eli in the book of Samuel, who rather than doing their duty of sort of ministering out of this sacrificial system that God gave that um, could have been so edifying to the people, and they came and they, if the priest had have said, look, I'm killing this lamb because it's the Day of Atonement and offered teaching out of Torah and edified the people, and instead not only did they fail to teach Torah and, and administer the, the sacrificial system in an edifying way. Um, they really just lived for the benefit that came from it, the sort of portions of the meat that they would get uh, and sort of lived high on the hog and actually supported and even led the people of God into false worship, idolatries and the worship of other pagan gods, a, a double betrayal. Not only failing to feed the sheep, but actually taking them to poison. And the thing that the leaders of God's people should have been doing um, is immediately presented in the metaphor itself. What would a good shepherd, a literal shepherd of sheep, do? Now here I confess, I think I've seen a sheep once in my life when I was like eight. <laughs> I'm a suburbia, born and raised. Um, so I'm thankful that the Bible provides a lot of information about what shepherds do, because otherwise I would have no idea. <laughs> but from the Bible, it's clear that um, Apparently, and I assume this is still true in agrarian societies, like I don't know if you went to, I don't know where, maybe Turkmenistan or something where there's a lot of sheep. I, I, I don't know why that country came to mind first, but somewhere where there's a lot of sheep. Um, the task of a shepherd is threefold, uh, sustenance, protection, and unity, right? The shepherd guides the sheep to where there's good food to eat, there's ample vegetation and not just sort of wasteland. Uh, provides protection. Think about David's brag to King Saul, like, I fought off mountain lions and bears to keep these sheep safe. Right? You drive away the predators, uh, and you seek to preserve the unity of the herd, that if a sheep wanders off from the herd, uh, from, from the fold, then uh, they won't be able to receive the, the sustenance and the protection that the shepherd is offering. Think of the parable of the, the lost sheep. The shepherd goes and finds the lost one, 
to restore them to the group so that they can keep getting sustenance and protection. So I think when Jesus says, sort of his teaching, he says, you know, not out of the blue, but he kind of brings up this topic and he says, I'm the good shepherd. For his hearers, they would have immediately had, I think, both of these come to mind. All of the indictments in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel about all the bad shepherds, right? You're failing your shepherdly duty, priests and kings. And they would have had that idea of the bad shepherds and just being in a more agrarian society in the first century, um, they would have had a much more visceral sense of what a good shepherd does. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And really, the, in terms of the prophetic speech to both kings and priests, if Jesus is the fulfillment of both, right? He is prophet, priest, and king. That he is the, the fulfillment of the thing that all those who inhabited those offices before him failed to greater and lesser degrees. Jesus is finally the good king. Right? He's finally the one great high priest, if you've been reading the daily office readings we've been reading in Hebrews, and it's all about this high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He is both ruler and priest as shepherd. And, and in the discharge of that duty, think of it, sustenance. Right? Not only providing for a sort of spiritual sustenance, but um, taking care, you know, food is for our, our bodily life. Jesus takes care of our bodily life. He's promised us that even when we die, our body is gonna get raised from the dead. Right? He's, he's gonna provide for our eternal bodily life, better than any earthly king could, no, no earthly king could promise that. Offering us protection, spiritual protection. Right? We know from Ephesians that every one of us, you know, souls made by God, redeemed by God, is in a war with many enemies, Satan and the demons, right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of darkness. That even though people might come against us, they're sinners who need redeeming, right? It's the enemy who's actually our enemy. And Jesus protects us from the enemy. That's right, I mean, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. A promise that he makes good on as we pray to him. And unity, that Jesus doesn't just save us kind of one atom at a time, he grafts us into a fold. And as the people of God in unity, we have sustenance and protection. So Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. But then he tells us something further about how he's going to fulfill that role. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But they don't, right? I'm confident in the history of shepherding, there's never been a shepherd who was like, that sheep's life is more valuable than my own. Here, wolf, take me. Let the sheep live, right? I mean, you might fight the wolf, but yeah, I'm sure there were losses, and those were just part of you know, the business of shepherding. No shepherd would ever value a human life as less than the life of a sheep, right? Sheep are for our use, our stewardship, but also for our use for the wool and the eating. And No shepherd ever laid down his life for the sheep. And that's the point, right? Jesus is actually teaching us something that like, he's such a good shepherd, like no human shepherd would ever do that. But that's what Jesus is gonna do, that when he dies on the cross and bears the brunt of God's own justice and wrath and atones for the sins of the entire world. It's the shepherd dying for the sheep. Right? The sheep are the ones who would naturally, should sort of rightly fall prey to the wolves. But Jesus says, no, let the bear take me, right? Let me be devoured, not the sheep. He is the good shepherd. You think about it, even shepherds were raising the sheep, not just for no purpose, but to be eaten. Right? They would be sacrificed in the temple and eaten at feasts. And so shepherds would actually, from time to fairly regularly, kill sheep from their fold. Jesus does the opposite. 
Uh, he lets himself be killed for the flock that every one of us might live in him and live forever. What a good shepherd. So I think we, you know, we're familiar with this phrase because it's a Bible verse, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, but realize the, how jarring that would have been to someone who kept sheep. Like, wait, really? Like, and the gap, of course, is between God, uh, Jesus as God the Son and ourselves as creatures is even bigger than the gap between sheep and shepherd. Right? This is a metaphor, the reality of which is even greater. The good shepherd has laid down his life for the sheep. Lastly, I, I love... Um, when I first came here, um, coming up on, on five years now, uh, this fall, um, I was a bit confused why the definite article is in the name of this church, The Good Shepherd. Like, I've seen lots of churches called Good Shepherd, right? Good Shepherd Lutheran, Good Shepherd Presbyterian, whatever, right? It's The Good Shepherd. And at first I was like, what is that? And then I realized I've really come to love that definite article because it really underscores that there's only one of these, right? There are many things and whatever that will sort of might take care of things for a little while or promise to take care and do better or worse jobs, but there's only one who actually laid down his life for us, the good shepherd. And that's to his endless glory and to our great comfort. Amen.